Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Welcome, dear podcast and radio listeners, to Afro Verdict, your one-stop shop for uncensored insights into the continent's biggest stories. I'm your host, Victor Anakin, and today we are zooming in on the recently concluded 37th African Union Summit in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Buckle up, because we are diving deep with two key players who made headlines. First up, Uganda's Foreign Minister, His Excellency General Haji Abubakar J.J. Odongo, making waves by exploring potential collaborations with Russia beyond the usual suspects. Apart from oil and gas, what industries did he envision as ripe for cooperation? Did he mention alternative to SWIFT, the global financial messaging system, and get this, sports in politics? What spicy insights did he share on that front? But wait, there's more. We also snagged an exclusive interview with the president of the ECOWAS Commission, Dr. Omar Liu Touré. Remember the murmurs about some countries considering an exit from ECOWAS? Did he spill tea on the reasons behind it and the potential impact on the regional unity? Did he offer solutions to keep the block together? Well, sit back, relax, and tune in as we dissect these hot-button topics with our special guests. We'll unpack their statements, analyze the implications, and maybe even stir the pot a little. Prepare for candid conversations, diverse perspectives, and a healthy dose of African candor. This is Afro Verdict, where the continent's voice takes center stage. Stay tuned. So before getting to the esteemed guests, here are some of the main statements made at the African Union Summit. Nigeria proposed to host African Central Bank in Abuja, the country's president said. Chairperson of the African Union Commission, Musa Faki Mohamed, called for a new awakening and revival of nationalism, pan-Africanism, unity and action, highlighting the pressing issues facing the continent. Among the challenges facing the continent, the official highlighted terrorism, conflicts and violence, and unconstitutional changes of government. Lula da Silva, president of Brazil, said that African countries and his own country need to forge a path in this world order, and that BRICS is a platform that allows countries of the Global South to assert themselves. Uganda's Foreign Minister, Haji Abubakar Jeje Odongo, showed interest in cooperating with Russia in the oil sector as well as nuclear energy. The country also welcomes an alternative to SWIFT to counter Western blackmail, according to the minister. He noted that the West actually blackmails African countries if those do not agree with their political course as a result politicized financial payments. Well, first up, let's hear General Haji Abubakar Jeje Odongo, Uganda's Minister of Foreign Affairs. Your Excellency, thank you for joining Afro Verdict. Let's get right to it. So back in summer 2023, Russia hosted the Russia-Africa Summit and a number of agreements were made between Russia and Uganda. Could you perhaps explain what has been achieved since then? I think the essential things that were discussed during the Africa-Russia summit were the things around economics, around development of Africa. And Russia was gracious magnanimous in um, offering uh, Africa immediate humanitarian assistance in terms of uh, those countries that were having difficulties in food, countries like Burkina Faso, countries like, um, I think, Tunisia in North Africa, and countries like, I think, Eritrea. 
in Eastern Africa. So that was one aspect. But as I mentioned, the other question that we discussed at length was the question of financing for development. Because Africa, in light of the inadequacies of the current international financial architecture, is facing challenges on resources where it is development needs. And Russia was uh, upfront and willing to cooperate with various African countries in those endeavors. I can speak, for example, for Uganda. Um, we are now in discussions uh, with Russia on uh, how we can work in our oil industry. Uh, they are examining how they can assist us to build the oil refinery. That is one of our aspirations. They are also looking at how they can help us in developing other energy sources like nuclear. Because we have uranium deposits and we are discussing how we can work together uh, to exploit those resources. We are also discussing how we can work together in the area of technology. Yeah, particularly satellite technology. So for us as a country, we think it was a very productive interaction with the Russian authorities. Your Excellency, you know, after the Western sanctions imposed on Russia, Russia created a system that is identical to SWIFT. It's called the Alternative Financial Messaging System. Already 20 countries joined. And so what is your take on this financial system, and is Uganda perhaps interested in joining it? Of course, uh, first of all, you see, as I mentioned earlier, the challenge that Africa faces is, uh, for lack of a better word, blackmail by our, by our Western partners in terms of uh, the various uh, services available. If you have, in their view, uh, political issues they do not agree with, that conflict or that disagreement does not only stay there. It migrates quickly into availability of resources for development for you. And means of payment uh, such services which you may get denied, particularly if you see, imagine that you have association or links with the Russian uh, authorities. So an alternative to the existing uh, shift is something welcome and something that we should be able to examine so that as Africa, we have options we can use SWIFT or you can use what the Russians are developing so that the blackmail, the politicization of financing is something we can deal with. 
by having options. Once again, speaking about the economy, the Russian Chamber of Commerce and Industry proposed the use of cryptocurrencies and digital currencies, as well as mutual settlements with African countries. BRICS are also proposing digital currencies and settlements. Is Uganda interested in following this course? Of course, looking at um, the evolution in service delivery, the evolution in technology, these are systems that are likely to be the dominant systems in the future. And it is something we can no longer ignore. It is something we are keen to study and understand. And if we find that we have the the technology to implement, we would be very happy to do it. Uganda's ambassador in Moscow, His Excellency Moses Kizige, expressed the willingness of your country to provide Russia with coffee at more affordable prices as it is now brought to Russia via third parties. He said that Uganda is interested in supplying directly to Russia. How is this being discussed? Again, I, I support the proposal by His Excellency the ambassador. It is we have excess of coffee. We should not be told with whom we could trade and whom with whom we should not be able to trade. And that therefore means uh, we could trade with our Russian partners, with our coffee directly. And what other products could Uganda supply to Russia? Of course, Uganda is uh, mainly an agricultural country at this material time. And uh, I am sure uh, considering the fact that our agricultural products are still organic, they would be of very interest to the Russian market and the Russian consumers to examine and see how they can benefit. As a matter of fact, there are currently three African countries in BRICS. Those would be Ethiopia, Egypt and South Africa. What does BRICS mean to Uganda and how does Uganda intend to cooperate with this group? I have, I have mentioned again before that part of our challenge is access to development finance. The current international financial system uh, seems broken. And as we struggle to mend it, uh, along on the horizon, there are new systems and new options. And we would like to look at this uh, new options uh, with a lot of interest to see how they can be able to help us in our urgent need for development finance. So BRICS as a new uh, system is something that we are keen to look at and study and see how we can be able to benefit from Your country is part of the African initiative to find a resolution of the Ukraine crisis. I believe the last meeting about it was in St. Petersburg with Russia's President Vladimir Putin. After that, there were no news about the initiative. So are there still discussions going on with this initiative or what's the story there? First of all, when we were in St. Petersburg on this particular subject, and when we had an interaction, we reached a point when President Putin um, was of the view that we had put certain proposals to him, let him be given the opportunity to examine, look at this, and then he'll come back to us. Our coordinator in this effort is, of course, South Africa. So we are waiting for South Africa 
to come back to us and say, this is the response from Moscow. What do we do in light of this response? So this is where we are. There are some very, very peculiar reports about U.S. biological laboratories, specifically the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. And these are conducting dangerous experiments in African countries. Reports say that they are present in Uganda as well as Kenya, Tanzania and Nigeria. That could obviously be dangerous for the population because this population might be used as, well, so to say, test subjects simply to try out different biological uh, compounds that might harm the population. Have you heard of this? And are you investigating these reports? Most unfortunately, no, I haven't heard. But uh, I'm very keen, uh, again, uh, having had discussions with colleagues from Moscow that we acquire the capacity to be able to detect and investigate organisms that are considered dangerous in order to be able to determine their origin, their veracity, and certainly the impact anticipated on the population. We would be very keen to be involved in such efforts. Nowadays, there's a new crisis between Ethiopia and Somalia after the agreement signed with Somaliland. So Somalia announced that there will be no mediation unless Ethiopia withdraws from the agreement and has even threatened to use force. How does Uganda see the situation? Do you think there could be an armed escalation perhaps? No, I, I think uh, the situation first and foremost is unfortunate. But we also believe it is not out of hand. I, I do know that um, we, during the NAM conference, had an opportunity as uh, East African leaders and leaders from the Horn of Africa to look at this problem. It was not conclusive. I am now aware that there are efforts by IGAD, using the uh, offices of the chairperson of IGAD, President Umar uh, Gule, to see to it that we get an opportunity again to look at this problem. I am also aware that um, Ethiopia has made a specific request for this matter to be discussed, discussed under the IGAD arrangement. We are now in consultation uh, because the position of Somalia is very clear. This is not a matter for discussion. So we are looking at how we can bring those positions together in order to find an amicable solution. We think it is a problem we can be able to deal with. So the problem of Sudan has also been going on for almost a whole year. What efforts is Uganda doing in this sphere? Uh, there were some meetings uh, also from Sudanese parties in Uganda. How do you see the conflict ending? Is there any hope for it to end soon, this year perhaps? Uh, most unfortunately, the situation in the Sudan, in spite of the efforts that have so far been deployed, has not improved. If anything, it's getting worse. And that is extremely sad. In the last um, effort in which 
my country was involved. My president, my president presented a proposal, what you would call a three-phase proposal. Phase one, ceasefire. Phase two, separation of forces. And phase three, a comprehensive political uh, negotiation or process. Now, phase one, ceasefire, would necessitate a face-to-face -face discussions by the two parties involved in this conflict. From what I have now gathered, this may be a difficult problem. Uh, uh, difficult because during the Kampala meeting, uh, President uh, of the transitional government did not attend. Uh, President Chair General Dagalo was in the sidelines and he made his uh, contribution to the extent that he was available and ready. Uh, I do know there have been uh, some movements in the direction of a face-to-face -face meeting. But again, soon after those initial uh, contacts, there has been a retraction by one party. I do know in the course of next week, uh, I might be having an opportunity to interact directly with one of the parties in finding a solution to this problem. Secondly, in the question of cessation of, uh, of separation of parties, of course, that would only follow if there was cessation of. Now, again, what I am picking, uh, in as far as the political process is concerned, I think there are uh, tendencies that are beginning to grow from within, particularly the civilian population in Sudan, who seem to imagine that they would now be the ones to take over once there is a settlement of these problems. I think elements within the population, the civilian population, are beginning to seem to think that it would not be prudent to interact with parties like NCP, the Islamists, the former uh, President Bashir group. Now, in my view, that would be a recipe for failure. You cannot begin to isolate people in this kind of an arrangement. Why? Because then you'll force them into hardening their positions in order to defend their turf. I think it will be prudent to remain open and let everybody be involved in this process. So these are some of the tendencies I'm beginning to pick, and these are some of the things I think we need to pay attention to.
before they actually develop into hard-end positions. Your Excellency, I'm sure you've heard of Russian athletes being banned from participating in the Olympics. What is your take on this? First of all, the action to bar Russian athletes from participating, in my opinion, is extremely unfortunate. Russian athletes are athletes like any other elsewhere. Political uh, disagreements between Russia and the West should not be used against the innocent athletes who are just happy to practice their gift. So it's very, very unfortunate in my view. My thinking is that uh, attempts should be made to depoliticize things like, as I mentioned before, deployment finance, depoliticize games, sports, because then it only encourages hardening of the positions. Uh, I, I am aware there are now attempts by Russia to develop a parallel Olympics to the traditional Olympics as we know it. Uh, at this material time, I do not know what benefit uh, that will bring to the sporting world because it only, my thinking is, it will only increase the separation of athletes. When we talk about world athletes, they should be all of us and not some. So I... I need to examine that proposal. I need to examine the, de the, the merits and the merits of that proposal before I can really say it is good or it is bad. But uh, it is very unfortunate that Russian athletes have been debarred from participating in the Olympics. Dear listeners, as we wish Uganda's Minister of Foreign Affairs good luck on all these ventures and fruitful efforts, let's move to West Africa, where we observe a peculiar situation unfold with ECOWAS in a sort of an awkward situation. Let's welcome Dr. Omar Luture as the president of the ECOWAS Commission to have an insightful conversation. Dr. Toure, welcome to AfroVerdict and thank you for joining me today. Burkina Faso, Niger and Mali have recently announced their withdrawal from ECOWAS with immediate effect. And that comes despite ECOWAS insisting that there must be at least a year deadline for the withdrawal to be definitive. So what is ECOWAS planning on doing in this situation? Well, as you um, know, we have a treaty that... Um, uh, provides for accession as well as withdrawal. According to the Treaty of ECOWAS, the revised treaty, um, withdrawal can be effective after a one-year notice. And uh, we are going by that treaty because um, uh, it is a treaty that all member states have subscribed to. So you don't recognize that they are non-members of ECOWAS? The ministers take note of the notification that the three countries have given us and uh, according to the treaty, they have one year, and exactly 29th of January uh, 2025 um, is the effective date of separation from ECOWAS if um, the, three, the three countries uh, have not withdrawn their notices during this period. 
Are you planning perhaps or have already begun negotiations with these three countries? And in your opinion, is there still a chance of convincing them to stay? Of course, um, the ministers, when they met um, on Thursday, um, they have instructed that um, we keep the go-to dialogue open to each and everyone. And this is what we plan to do. Uh, ECOWAS is more than a community of governments or a community of um, decision makers. ECOWAS is a community of people, a community of citizens. There are a number of achievements that citizens have been enjoying under ECOWAS, and uh, it is incumbent on all of us to make sure we, we allow our citizens to continue to enjoy the free movement. ECOWAS citizens can move freely from Dakar, from Banjul, all the way to Lagos, with an, with an, with an, with an ECOWAS ID card, with an ECOWAS passport. You find this only in the West African region. If you travel within the continent, you will realize that movement is not as free as it is in West Africa. Are there any planned visits to these three countries in the near future? Well, dialogue doesn't have to be through visits. It can, be, it can take various formats. And that dialogue we will maintain and we are, we are confident that our brothers in the three countries uh, have seen no indication whatsoever that um, they, they are not ready for this discussion. Okay, so we'll say they still would like to withdraw. What are the difficulties and challenges that would follow? What procedures should they go through in order to, well, successfully exit ECOWAS? And how will this affect the community? Separation affects all sides. Unity is stronger than separation. So um, nobody can trivialize separation. Therefore, we all stand to benefit um, from being together. Uh, and this is what we are telling um, our people, that uh, despite the difficulties we may be facing, let us work on those difficulties and move together. Because the world has reached a stage where uh, individuals cannot make it alone. They can only make it in a, in a, in a, a, a group. And this is why ECOWAS is a, is, a, is a natural place for each and everyone in West Africa. Well, in the light of the situation that has happened, would you think that reactions to the coup d'etats should be other than that, rather than severe economic sanctions? I think the, the texts of ECOWAS are not cast in stone. It is up to ECOWAS leaders, including all the three countries, to sit around the table and look at the text and its application. Would they want to revise them? Would they want to keep them as is? I believe that is um, something up for discussion. Yes, but the three countries affirm that these sanctions aren't within the chart of ECOWAS, that they're illegal. That is what they say. We have uh, a number of um, um, instruments, including the Supplementary Act of 2012, uh, including the Revised Treaty, and uh, a number of protocols that are public, and uh, we invite the public to have a look at them. When the Alliance of the States of the Sahel have just been created, ECWA said that it is willing to offer a $1.9 US million contribution to each state in order to contribute to the fight against terrorism. Are you still willing to make this gesture? No, it was not when um, the um, alliance was formed. This decision was taken before um, to continue to support 
member states facing insecurity, and this is what we are doing. And we are doing that um, um, because our brothers in uh, the three countries remain um, uh, part of our community, and we should work together to um, address insecurity that each and every one of us is facing. So was the payment already made or is it still in the process? I think it is in course, but in terms of uh, uh, payment, uh, we have no... Um, but the intention is there, hey? Oh, yes. It, it is not only the intention. The actual payment is on because I remember having signed off on them. Okay, okay. Well, in the case of the three countries leaving ECOWAS, would you consider having some agreements between the Alliance of the States of Sahil and ECOWAS, for example, to preserve the free movement of people? You see, I think before getting half, why don't you take full? I think it is, um, stay, we stay in the community and enjoy everything. Then, um, you know, just um, enjoy one or two, two advantages. A full loaf is better than a half loaf. Concerning the situation in Senegal, what efforts is ECOWAS exactly doing there? Uh, how, what's your take on the situation? And do you see perhaps that it will escalate more or will Senegal find peace again? Well, Senegal is peaceful. I mean, uh, the situation is peaceful. The country is peaceful. Um, I mean, uh, you must have followed uh, the decision of the Constitutional Court, which has um, taken a decision on, an, um, on some of the proposals. And uh, the presidency, the government has indicated its acceptance of the decision of the Constitutional Court. So what um, remains to be done is to implement and um, um, we move on. And the government has indicated its full willingness to abide by the decision of the court. Thank you, Dr. Toure. Russia's President Vladimir Putin expressed the desire for Russia to establish cooperation with the African region, not only on bilateral level with countries, but with organizations as well. Is there any direct relation between ECOWAS and Russia? Are they cooperating perhaps? And if not... What areas of cooperation with Russia would be beneficial for ECOWAS? I think um, there are a number of areas um, um, ECOWAS uh, has been uh, cooperating with many partners on. And uh, I am sure that when we sit around the table with the uh, uh, Russian friends, uh, we should be able to identify areas we, 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 which would benefit all of us. You see, um, ECOWAS it is open to partnership. We are looking for partnership that would help us develop, that would de de unite us. That is very important. And uh, I'm sure when we sit around the table, we should be able to identify those areas that will help us develop and keep us united. Well, dear listeners, that is all the time we have for today on Afroverdict. Did Uganda's foreign minister perhaps open your eyes to potential new horizons for collaboration with Russia? And did the ECOWAS Commission President's insights leave you pondering the future of regional unity? Remember, these are but snapshots of the complex discussions that unfolded at the African Union Summit. Head over to our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel or TikTok account for extended interviews, expert analyses, and further exploration of the issues that matter most to Africa. To backtrack on other episodes, check Afroverdict out on other podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Pocket Casts, Afropods, Castbox, and Podcast Addict. That's that for today's episode, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me. This is your host, Victor Anakin, signing off, and I'll see you next time.
Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.